0: Thank you for downloading this episode of the Cast Iron Theatre podcast. I'm Michelle Donkin, and in this episode, we chatted to Tim and James from Dr. James's Academy of Evil. We also chatted to Miranda Kane from Crossbones, and we chatted to Ilona Munro from the Recovery Version. We're still up at Edinburgh Fringe with our show Cacophony, and we're going to be speaking to more people throughout the Fringe. Um, before we get started, our second interview today with Miranda Kane. Um, does have uh, some adult themes. I'm not sure that we had any swears, but we would certainly are talking about adult themes, so I'll pop a little warning on there just to remind you. But if you are listening with children, you may want to skip ahead when you get to that part and listen back later. Well, that's it for me now, and enjoy!
1: Hello and welcome to this, the 25th episode of the Cast Iron Theatre podcast, coming to you from the Edinburgh Festival Fringe, uh, here recorded at the Sweet Grass Market. And we have two people in the room today. Hello. 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 Uh, What are our names here?
2: I'm James. And I'm
1: Tim. Uh, And let's um, get to it. What sort of uh, fringe have you been having so far?
2: I would say a good one.
1: And you, you want more detail than that? Well, I, I don't know, uh, you, you would say a good one, would you yeah. be accurate in that assessment? For, for me,
2: yes, yeah. I can't speak for Tim, no, he, no. he's been having more fun than I or have. have you? I have, yeah. I would say I'm
1: having the best fringe I've ever had. Fantastic! How many fringes have you had? Seven. Seven. Yes. So
2: out of seven fringes, out of seven fringes, this is your best one. This is the least stressful and can most I, fun. Can one. I just say I've had eight fringes? Oh, you this is probably the best one for me as well. Excellent. So not not to compete with Tim. No, no, no. I, I am
1: better than him. You, you both appear on stage. Are you quite competitive on stage?
2: Um, in character, I'd say yes, but yeah. outside of character, also yes. yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, uh, so let's uh, talk briefly about what the show is. What, what's the name of the show?
3: So the show is Dr. James's Academy of Evil, and we sell it as James teaching children how to take over the world
2: but it really isn't that at all. No, it's a multi-layered kind of story, yeah. very three-dimensional characters. Yeah. It genuinely is. We, we didn't mean it to be, but it's just... Ended you, up. You've got uh, nuance. Uh, yeah. yes, and a good character arc for the character of Dr. James. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is
3: entirely accidentally... Like, t- sorry, which is entirely accidental because we wrote it to be a series of incredibly stupid games. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but I, I think we're just obviously we're very talented and... <laughs> We just can't help <laughs> ourselves, but write a very good, plot very good plot with some cracking jokes.
1: Um, you see, you get uh, the kids
2: involved. Yes, yes. unfortunately, and um, so that they have evil ideas or they have. So we have like it's basically. So uh, we set up very early on that I'm getting them to help me. Um, uh, charge up my doomsday device which is uh, powered by pure evil and it's heavily hinted that I am not evil enough to do it myself uh, because I'm quite pathetic really Um, uh, so what we do is we do a series of games or challenges uh, for the kids to find out which of them are the most evil Um,
3: the games are entirely built around you bring a child up and one of their parents uh, which are always the minion and then (laughs) the child has to do something to humiliate their parents so it might be one of our games is who can create the best beard using black tape, and they just <laughs> have to wrap black tape yes. around their parents' face. We have a robot dance off where they have to
2: wrap their parents. It's a lot of wrapping parents. Yes, yeah. wrap their parents in foil, and then the, the rap battle at the end. Oh, the actual or, rap battle! Yeah, yeah, where yeah. They, they, they parents have to do, have an improvised rap battle. Um, and so that's, that's not in the show. Please don't. don't. <laughs> that's a complete lie. Like. I was just wondering where you were going with that. I just like wrapping things. <laughs> um,
3: but um, but yeah so it's, it's all built around that and then the other thing that I really really love is that every time we bring a child up we ask them what the naughtiest thing they've ever done is
1: yeah I was going to ask you about that so uh, are there any that you can share um,
2: uh, who's this podcast aimed at <laughs> It's aimed well, you know. You say wh- it's a clean podcast, I can't swear. There,
1: there, have there have we we had a um, we had a Cameron Moore on the the oh, other okay. day, and her show is got a bit of a naughty
2: word inside it. Cool. Well, um, this year it's not been too bad. This year we had one kid uh, who said that they did a wee in a swimming pool. That's yeah, good. pretty evil. Yes, I didn't find out if anyone else was in the swimming pool at the time, no. but I can assume that they were.
1: They didn't do it from the diving board though. No, no, they?
2: no. Um, <laughs> I think they were in. They were knee deep yeah, yeah. in it. As Oh, amazing. Um, there was one uh, who said he had a surprise fart in h- his sister's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and I, w- I was trying to work out what a surprise fart was. <laughs> um, and then my, but
3: my favourites are probably from like earlier fringe runs because yes. we've done other fringe runs. Yeah. So we, had the, um, we had the child that stole and crashed his father's car and got a standing <laughs> ovation from the audience.
2: Yeah. My favourite, was, um, one of my favourites is this, this kid went, I'm not really sure. And a voice came from the audience saying, you tried to drown me. <laughs> <laughs> which is still one of my favourites. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> so we've,
3: we've, done, yeah. um, we've done a show called Night Class, which is exactly the same show, but done at 10pm so. for adults. And what we found is that... Well, there are certain elements of the show that work better when you have drunk adults, yes. asking them what the naughtiest thing they've ever done is not one of them. Because no. they either go, Oh, I, co- I couldn't possibly tell yeah. you.
2: Or, I ran through some fields of wheat. Or,
3: <laughs> or they just had sex with somebody and it's boring.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's, uh, kids are generally. Um, a proper mad yeah like, <laughs> very funny
1: so they don't really need your help to be evil they're already taking yeah I, I'm
2: genuinely terrified by most of the kids we have in there yeah um, I, I don't know why we're doing this show I, I dislike kids immensely so are you
1: using it as some sort of uh, emotional and mental contraceptives
2: um, if I, I I don't understand what you mean but, <laughs> um, let's say yes because you are wearing glasses and probably seem smarter than I am um, I I would say
3: I don't I find it so funny but there's I mean, yeah, I quite like ha- being in control of children for about ten minutes, riling them up to a ludicrous degree and then going, not our problem, there you go, off yeah. you go. Yeah, we had
2: um, a show a couple of days ago, about three days ago, yeah. um, and it was, the, it was the chaos show. Like The kids were just off the walls. Yeah. And um, uh, for one of the, the tinfoil... Um, game uh, Tim <laughs> for some reason um, rather than getting a, a kid and their grown up they got two brothers on oh, and oh, 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 rather oh. than wrapping each other in tinfoil they tried to murder each other with yeah. tinfoil yeah. they genuinely were putting it down their throats so they were trying to like suffocate them and the mum was just taking photographs we <laughs> <laughs> were like are we meant to we meant to get in the middle of this.
1: This is how the Roman amphitheaters started. Um,
2: yeah, in the end, all, um, what I did, I just sat down with the mum and took selfies with us. So yeah, it was, yeah, it was fine. I let Tim deal with it.
1: Brilliant. Um, and so, uh, just remind us—we'll uh, come back to this at the end. But uh, when and where is this playing?
2: It's at uh, 12.15 at uh, Sweet Venues on Grass Market.
1: Excellent, 12.15 every day. Um,
2: every
1: day till the 20th. 20th, okay. Um, so I, I can't help but notice, Tim, uh, that you're wearing a, a Star Trek. James. Uh, see, this is what happens. Do you get this a lot? No, no. No. Oh, <laughs> it's just me. Just you. Yes, no worry. Uh, Normally because James puts his name on...
2: Everything.
3: Yes. So, um, and face. And face. Yeah. Yes. So it's just quite rare that he's not wearing some level of James Browning.
2: And, and we do look very different. Well, I,
1: I, I thought that, uh, you know, because James was the one with the beard, I thought that. Um, the better beard, yeah. The better beard. Um, I'm not even going to get down this road. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, James, you are wearing uh, uh, a Star Trek referenced uh, right, um, t shirt. Um, Science um,
2: Officer Benison.
1: Is that a real character from.
2: No, that's one that I just made up. Okay,
1: excellent. That's
2: that's good. My name is James Bennis.
1: You see how early it is in the morning. (laughs) I'll be honest, I'm
2: rarely awake this early. No, no. Often I'll arrive minutes before the show starts. (laughs) It is very stressful.
1: What's the what's the latest he's ever been up to a, uh, a show without actually indicating that that will be the case? Oh, what?
3: five what? minutes after it was I supposed to be. <laughs> there, Nelly, <laughs>
2: it was one minute afterwards. But, start, but then I had to get changed, didn't
3: I? <laughs> but that was where he was not answering that his phone, and he, I was going, just leaving lots of messages that were gradually sort of going, "Hi, James, just wondering if you're on the way," and being, "James, um, if you have died, could whoever's got this phone now just let me know, please?" Um, uh, and then he just sort of walked in and went. Sorry, I overslept. <laughs>
2: <laughs> in fairness, um, I am a legend, so...
3: In fairness, he's been very good this year. Well
2: yes, done. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> I had some friends in that show. <laughs> they were sat downstairs like, oh, God, they've not opened yet. I wonder why that is. And they saw me rocking in, sweating, and looking, there, is all the <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, that, yes. Yes. Um,
1: so, with the Star Trek T T-shirt, uh, I guess I have to ask you, um, Picard, or Kirk, or mm. any of the other ones?
3: Mm. Mm. Anyway.
2: Oh, it's tricky. I um probably I grew up more on the Picard era, yeah. um and I I love everything about him. But I just started getting a love for Kirk more recently. Yeah. Um. The others can naff off if, as far as I'm concerned. Oh,
1: okay. Though well, that's, that's going to get us a couple more hits on the. Uh, <laughs> people might start yeah. listening to the podcast. If,
2: if you've got, if you want to come and argue, do come see our show and shout at me in the middle of our show. No one will literally, no one will notice no. uh, in the chaos of everything that's going on. Um.
1: What other shows are you hoping to catch or will you catch or are you willfully ignoring mm. at this year's fringe? Uh,
2: you go, you're very good at this. Okay, I've got loads,
1: yeah. so
3: get ready. <laughs> so I have been watching not much stand-up. I'm kind of trying to avoid stand-up yeah. this year because I watch a lot of stand-up um, and seem to be doing experimental clowning oh, yes. and musicals. That okay. seems to have been what I have slipped into. So my ones that I would recommend... Are uh, the Elvis Dead, which I saw last night, yeah. which is Evil Dead 2 performed using rewritten and <laughs> Elvis songs, um, and a another musical called um, How to Win Against History, which yeah. is uh, the true story of uh, an 18th century marquis that, after he died, his family burnt all evidence of his existence <laughs> and wrote him out of history. But it's very, very funny. Um, and then there's some really weird stuff that I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm seeing something called This Is Not Culturally Significant, yeah, which is at midnight, and is an incredibly dark clowning piece performed completely naked, Yeah, which I've heard is very harrowing. So I'm looking forward
2: to that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the kind of adjective I like when I go to the theatre. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> two words you always want to put together is naked and harrowing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: I've heard that a
2: lot. Sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was the, the first draft of Dr. James, wasn't it? <laughs> um, I've seen a couple of bits. Uh, I would recommend Prom Queen, uh, yeah. which is a fantastic musical I saw about a true story. I think it was last year as the first uh, non-binary person to win a uh, the Prom Queen oh, yes, in, uh, Homecoming. Yeah, uh, It's very, very funny. It's hosted yeah. by someone uh, as RuPaul. Uh, oh, I see. Looked, fantastic. <laughs> and it's fantastic. It's very, very good. Excellent And also come see my other show And what is your other show? Yeah, it's good. called How to Be a Winner um, It's in which I recreate Loads of 90s game shows um, it. And it's a different show Every day It's completely random As to which game shows I try and combine Into one uber game show um, But it is very good Fun
1: um, Should so Henry Kelly Come back And recreate Going for gold
2: It won't be on my show No it
1: won't be on your show There's no, there's no space for it There's no yeah. space for it
2: <laughs> No Henry Kelly And there's certainly No Michael Barrymore in my show No No
1: No no, no, thank you. No. Th- lots of Bruce Forsyth. Lots of Bruce Forsyth. <laughs> yeah, Excellent.
2: lots. Uh, any Bob Monkhouse? Uh no, we didn't get any uh, well blocks. he did do blankety blank for a while. Oh okay, in that case yes, we've got a bit of blankety blank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: This this conversation's gone weird.
2: Um <laughs> Welcome to every conversation <laughs> with James ever. Yeah, and um, um, so I, I've derailed many a podcast. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm not even leaving the station. Um, <laughs> what? Where? The other question that we tend to ask uh, people uh, is uh, when you're in Edinburgh, when you're hanging out. Maybe you don't want to give these details away because you don't want to um, give overexcited kids your location. Mm. But where do you hang out in Edinburgh when you're wanting to sort of just like hang out, or are you still in bed?
2: Um. I, I stay in bed a yeah. lot. Yeah. I stay in bed uh, a, a lot. Be but I quite like hanging around sweet venues, to be honest. Yeah. Because um, I know most of the people who work in it, it is like a little family. Yeah. Um, so if I. If I uh, the other day I was wondering, I was like, I'll just go sit at sweet for an hour and watch some cartoons. Yes. Uh, and that's exactly what I did. Yeah.
3: I um, like hanging out in Pie Maker. Oh, yes. Pie Oh, maybe. yeah. He likes I mean, macaroni pies. Hanging out is a long word. Like, eating, whatever the eating at pie maker. amount of hanging out that takes to buy a macaroni pie and then leave. But I do like a macaroni pie.
1: And you uh, I imagine that Edinburgh that bit of Edinburgh's got it exactly right because you've got a pie maker about two doors down from Forbidden Planet yep. That seems to be oh, a really good yes.
3: <laughs> it's a nice place to be a fat nerd that's what yeah. i say <laughs> yeah um <laughs> <laughs> Got I've nothing.
1: got nothing after that. So Exploring nerdishness, it might be that um, when you were a kid, you, uh, between the two of you, you invented a thing that uh, then became like the mobile phone or the internet and you didn't do anything about your brilliant invention that you had when you were eight years old. Uh, or maybe you came up with the idea for a great franchise of books or whatever. Uh, is this true of either of you? Did you come up with an idea that didn't happen and then somebody else got there before you did?
2: I came up with the entire plot of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Um, all of it,
1: including the bits that we haven't heard yet.
2: Yeah, I, I, I finished it off, but <laughs> yeah. George, I, I don't want to swear, but no. he is a proper D-head yeah. to start it all.
3: Um, <laughs> I definitely did. I can't remember what it is. I just remember the outrage of uh, coming up with something. Um, oh, yeah, that's it. I mean, it's really rubbish. <laughs> I came up with this entire storyline uh, when I was quite young of um, sheep uh, becoming evil ah. and terrorising a town, and then I don't know if you've seen the atro- um, like atrociously brilliant uh, New Zealand film black sheep about a bunch of sheep that yeah. become essentially like werewolves but sheep um, and attack a town and I was very angry about that because it was definitely my idea and somebody had nicked mm. it
1: it did seem like one of those ideas where the, the the title had come first and I thought what can we build around that
2: yeah um, um, I had a friend who actually wrote um, the entire lyrics of Kung Fu Fighting um, 30, 30, <laughs> 30 years after the original had been released oh yeah but he claims to this day he'd never heard the original <laughs> <one>. <laughs>
1: It, I mean, it's possible. I mean, if all things are possible, that's, you know.
2: It was quite awkward, because after he showed me his um, recording, I've yeah. been to karaoke, and someone sang Kung Fu Fighting. Oh, that, that was... And he got really angry at this person, because he thought he'd heard him recording it, and had stolen, yeah. stolen yeah. the song.
3: Built the backing track. Yeah, built.
2: It. he did work at a kind of um, sound studio, and he viciously attacked him. Yeah. So he's, he's not actually allowed to talk about it, because of the ongoing court case, but yeah. still, you know. Yeah, So it's, it's an interesting story.
1: What, what we have here, what we have here what we have here is an awkward pause as your podcast <laughs> host tries to wrestle this to an
3: elegant yeah, no, and no, no, resolute this. end
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is good i feel like
3: this podcast has has distilled
2: the essence of, yeah, if well, you, us. You, it's definitely uh, us it's genuinely
1: a taster yes. Um, so remind you've got two shows to pitch for us. It so reminds the oh, and a third
2: one. Oh, third, go on, uh, it's called the Tinder Games. Oh, yes. Um, in which uh, it's basically like the Hunger Games, but with Tinder.
1: Did you come up with the idea of the Hunger Games first?
2: I, I well, no, I didn't actually. Uh, oh, that is, one, I stole, yeah. I, yeah. I stole it. Yeah, um, uh, no, so basically, it, it's the idea that we get have two comedians uh, of varying different kind of uh. Sexualities, yes, uh, and we take over their kind of Tinder grinder yep. accounts. And we have to try and get a date to the venue before the hour. Oh, the first one to do it um, wins, and either one is killed. I think. Um, much like the Hunger Games, yes, um, but yeah, I, I think the do either of them
1: ever try to do the end of the Hunger Games where they refuse to get killed and they share the date together?
3: Have they ever gone on a date?
2: I'll be honest. Literally, we've never managed to get to <laughs> the venue. But if that does happen, I will I will push for that ending. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, it should be good for but on a few random days. Um, so That's the only one that go on not, the, He's not involved in this, so it will probably be good. Um, but you have a look at the website, the yeah. tindergames.co.uk. You the there.
1: So you've got Tinder Games and you've got the other two shows, which are?
2: Uh, to do dot, how, to how to be a winner uh, at 2.30 at the newsroom every day, not Wednesdays. And then
3: Dr James's Academy of Evil, which is every day until the 20th, 1215 at Sweet Grass Market.
1: Thank you so much. Um, thanks for chatting. Thank you very much. Thank
3: you.
0: Hi, this is Michelle again. Just a quick reminder that the next interview with Miranda Kane for her show, Crossbones, contains adult themes. So you may wish to jump ahead to the next interview if you're listening with children, but otherwise, enjoy.
1: And welcome back to the second half of uh, today's podcast here at the Sweet Grass Market at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. And our, our guest, I'll let you introduce yourself.
4: Thank you. Hello, my name is Miranda Kane, and I'm doing a show here called Crossbones.
1: Crossbones, and uh, when and literally where is it?
4: It's at uh, Sweet Venues yeah. in Grassmarket, uh, Room Four, and it's at four fifteen every day, apart from the sixteenth uh, of August.
1: Okay, so um, let's um, start off by uh, um, chatting about what the show is about.
4: Uh, the show is about the prostitutes that work for the Bishop of Winchester.
1: Now that's already a bit of a surprising line, isn't it? <laughs> because uh, the general response is, "What? Hang on, they worked for him." Yes. So yeah. he was what a he was a pimp.
4: He was a landowner so oh, I see. he had. Uh, he was in control of Southwark from the 11th century um, because William the Conqueror split London up uh, to pay back his debts yeah. when the invasion happened and so he gave um, uh, in, in essence the Bishop of Winchester ended up with Southwark which is on the south banks of the Thames I see. and it became known as the Liberty of the Bishop of Winchester Uh, And so that's where you get the clink. Whenever someone says they go to jail, you have the clink. That's what he had in Southwark. Uh, But he also realized that he could run legal prostitution because that piece of land was his own and it wasn't in control of the king or anything. I see, yes. So he knew that he could set up brothels because all the women, because their men had died and they couldn't own anything, yeah. so they couldn't own money or land or anything. So, one of their only options was to go into prostitution. So he realised that he could pretty much make it rain by having his own brothels.
1: So it's kind of like a passport to Pimlico with yeah. prostitutes. Okay. Yeah. Um, in your piece, uh, without giving too much away, is is he a villain?
4: He's not. It's more about the rules and the regulations. Yeah. Uh, because obviously there was there was four hundred years of bishops of Winchester yeah. whilst this was going on. So it wasn't one specific. Uh, Bishop, but what I do is I compare and contrast the kind of rules and regulations that the women were under from the 11th to the 15th century To the ones that sex workers are living with today. Yes, ones which see them Effectively trapped in sex work as they're being fined or they're being arrested Uh, We recently had a case of one woman in Bournemouth who was a maid for a brothel and when a guy collapsed uh, she she re- went to his rescue. She's 70, year, 70 years old, and yeah. she went to his rescue, gave him CPR. Um, but when the police came, they arrested her for keeping a brothel, even yeah. though she say she was trying to save his life.
1: There is definitely a divide about who we are criminalising yeah. and who we're um, who gets a the benefit of the law yeah. in these situations. Yeah. Um, would we have had more respect for prostitutes back in that century than we do now? Is it, That's a deliberately inflammatory phrase.
4: No, it's, it's a difficult one because um, because I think... Back then, we didn't ha- we didn't have things like social media. We didn't so, shame people as yeah. much, and it was was seen as something that they could do. And you know, it was it wasn't like you can't say, oh, it was a respectable um, job, no, but it was certainly a job that women were known to have, yeah. And it was only because of people's moralistic attitudes and basically because of Christianity yeah. that they were seen as being bad people um but otherwise like we still you know we still have all these problems with sex workers today and it's the it's the stigma that's attached to it and it's the stigma that men and the religion and the media and the press have given to sex workers which is the thing that's putting them in danger
1: yeah and there's also i guess the sense of uh, as a creator of the show um you do you, how much responsibility do you feel to the women of 400 years ago? Oh, a
4: lot. Like, yeah. that's why I wrote the show, yeah. because when I discovered Crossbones itself, because Crossbones is a cemetery yeah. in London, and it's the cemetery where these women were buried, yeah. uh, and it's unconsecrated. So it meant that these were women who worked for the Bishop of Winchester, and when they died, they automatically went into unconsecrated ground, yeah. and it was all covered up and forgotten about and left to history. And it's only been really recently that we discovered it again. And so to me personally, I feel a lot of responsibility. I think that this is a story that should be told. And these are women that have been forgotten in history. And one of the phrases that I found in a history book um, was something like, um, these women's lives were never recorded for many reasons, maybe because of personal discretion, lack of historical records, and the fact that until recently, the lives of these women were not thought worthy of recording. And to me, I think that's the real shame. I don't, it, to me, it doesn't matter what a woman does to survive or to make money. The fact that someone can turn around and say the lives of these women were not thought worthy of recording that, yeah. that's heartbreaking.
1: Yeah, it is. Who? Uh, this is a difficult question. Who is this show for?
4: Um the show is for anyone who's got an interest in history the yeah. show's for anyone who's got an interest in sex workers the yeah. show is just for it's for anyone who just wants to find out more about a little bit of a hidden hidden history and to find out more about feminism as well yeah. because it is a very feminist show we yeah. have this very tricky uh view of sex work uh, and to my mind if you're a feminist then you're for all women yeah. you shouldn't be uh, you shouldn't be against sex workers you shouldn't be against trans people you should yeah. be for all women yeah. and I think a lot of feminists have got this kind of viewpoint that sex workers are somehow a manifestation of the patriarchy blah, 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 blah. and for me I'm just like why can we not do something that we enjoy that we want to do that, that is that is something that is just a job sex yeah. workers work yeah. and I don't think that, that people should put their moralistic attitude on it. And um, I just think that it's it's something that is is this new wave of feminism. It's they're more becoming empowered by it because they realize that sex work should be working. You shouldn't have to go into sex work in order to be able to feed your family. Yeah. No one should be forced to do it like that. They sure. should be doing it because they want to, because yeah. it's empowering, because it's 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 just a fun job where you make lots of money. You know, sticking things up people's bums. It's not about <laughs> <laughs> if you're finding that you're having to go into sex work because you need to feed your kids, you need to keep a roof on your that is a societal problem. And that is something that the government should address. Uh, but in the meantime, like sex worker rights activists, we're trying to make sure that anyone who does go into sex work isn't then being persecuted and prosecuted yeah. because of that decision.
1: And indeed, being protected. If, if, yeah. if, if it's legal, then uh, the in theory, going to be more things in place to sort of protect those women.
4: If it's decriminalized, then these women would feel better about being able to go to the police so that they can uh, get their abusers um, taken care of. Whereas at the moment, uh, because there's, the laws are so fuzzy, and the laws they can go against these women in a heartbeat, yeah. or they can work for them. There's there's such um, an odd framework around sex work. So, um, and if we had it decriminalised, then it means that these women would be more protected. I mean, this show is a comedy, yeah. by the way. I I think.
1: Did you have any? <laughs> did you have any? Um, when you were doing your research, and uh, I don't know if you discovered any particular individuals. Uh, did you have any sort of, for want of a better phrase, any heroes there that you thought, oh, she's fantastic?
4: As whatever? in the uh, historical ones. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's quite a few. There's, um, so the ones that I um, mentioned in the show. There's, um, uh, there was a uh, lady called Eleanor. Yeah. Eleanor Rickener, and in 1391. Uh, she was a prostitute, but she, and she was married, and she had stepchildren, and she was also a man. Uh, yeah. She was the first case of a transgender person ah. turning up in an imperial court. Yeah. So she lived as a as a woman for thirty years, and and had stepchildren, and worked as a prostitute, with her particular speciality being members of the clergy. Excellent. So- <laughs> so
1: it's been always bringing uh, those two worlds together.
4: Yeah. Um-
1: so uh, we actually don't have m- much time because uh, you're... you're, you're uh, I've dash- got a, yeah, I've got to dash, dash off. off to
4: do spots and everything. We've got, a bit, you know... We've got but, a few minutes. Yeah. Um,
1: but uh, So what I'll do is I'll run to our last few questions that we normally ask, uh, which is, uh, are there any other shows that you're hoping to catch in the Fringe or you have caught in the Fringe?
4: Yeah, I'm hoping to catch... Um, I want to see... There's a couple of friends of mine that I want to yeah. see. I want to see Sophie Hagen... Oh, yes. And Ed Hedges. Yeah. Uh Because Ed Hedges' so- story sounds... So um it sounds brilliant. It's all about this um um guy that tried to that murdered people in his village and, and sort of knocks on his door one night and he came very close yeah. to it. Um and of course Sophie Hagen, who's always brilliant. Um not that Ed's always brilliant as well. Um
1: <laughs> and Sophie's at the uh, bedlam with uh, a yes. baby frog.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um and I want to see Ishan Akbar, yeah. he's a really good comic. Um and yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to see as many as I can. But like, they're always on at the same time. Of course, yeah. And it's so hard because you've got to take in your flyering time yeah, and, yeah. you know, your clear up time and everything, and <laughs> and time to eat and have a cup of tea sometimes. Oh yeah,
1: though I keep I forgetting. Know, I know it's uh, really hard. What's what's. Um What's your flowering pitch?
4: My, <laughs> uh, my flowering pitch is uh, saucy storytelling yeah. and the hidden histories of the prostitutes that worked for the Bishop of Winchester.
1: That'll work. Yeah. 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 That's good. good. That's good. Um, where do you um, um, hang out in Edinburgh when you're sort of you are getting your cup of tea and you where, where's uh,
4: good? I do like to hang out in sweets. Yeah. So I'll, I'll try and get here like a couple of hours before the show. Have yeah. a cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and because there's Wi-Fi as well, and it's warm, sure. and there's yeah. an aircon, it's and very nice. So you know, I, I sort of hang out here and do my admin. Yeah.
3: Um,
4: and then because I have a, a show after uh, Crossbones. Uh, which relies on sort of how I have to upload stuff yeah. from the internet, so I have to sort of do that here, and then what shows that? Uh, that one's a telephone number, so it's just oh, yeah Have you seen it? I've seen I've
1: seen the poster, yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah. So it's just it's just I just get people to call in, yeah, and we just make a, a show up. We call yeah. them back. We see if they've got any questions, confessions, or anything they'd like to to talk about, or anything like that. How's that been going? It's a little bit wobbly, it's yeah. all right over the weekend, on a yeah. Friday and Saturday night, because it, it relies on audience participation. Yes. So they have to be quite on it and, yeah. and with me and going on this journey. Yeah. Um, so on a Monday to Thursday, they can be very quiet and it can yeah. be <laughs> quite upsetting. Yeah. Um, but on a Friday and Saturday, it's been it's been great.
1: So generally when you're sort of hanging out, you're hanging out at, the, at your venue here, yes. Sweet Venues. Yeah. Um, the other question that uh, we often ask is, um, did you ever come up with an invention?
4: I I did. Um, okay, so... But it wasn't when I was a child. It was when mobile phones came out. Okay. So I was still only about 16. Yeah. So it's giving my age away. Um, <laughs> but I always thought as soon as text messaging happened, I always wanted to be able to order a pizza over text. Yeah. So to my mind, I've invented Just Eat. Um, Excellent, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it quite annoying that... Uh, you know, Somebody else got there before you because they had app training.
4: Yes, yeah. But my my new idea, I've got another one. I've had, this is my second one. This is my breakthrough. Yeah. Is I want want onthehighstreet.com. I want to be able to have something on my phone where yeah. I'm like, right, I need to find a microphone, but yeah. I need to get one in the next hour. Yeah, Because every time you Google it, it's always like, Amazon, eBay, da sure. da 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 And it's like, but how can I get one right now? So if someone could do that app.
1: They must be on that, Google Maps must be on that, because you can already identify the shops and the closing times and stuff. But yeah, if mm-hmm. uh, certain brands can sort of go, oh yeah, there are four of these left in yes. this branch of this. Yeah. Uh, there's kind of like Foursquare or whatever, or Swarm for yeah, microphones and hamburgers.
4: Yeah, yeah. There's we- something like, cause, right, especially at Fringe, when you're just like, right, I need a, an extension. I need a 40-meter extension lead. Yeah. You know, those random things yes. where you're just not too sure where to get it from, so.
1: I just because of the the process of our conversation over the last twenty minutes, I'm not sure what you might want to use a forty extension for, uh, <laughs> but we'll, that's probably best to sort of end <laughs> that conversation yeah. right there. So let's give a shout out uh, last time for your two shows, uh, yeah. places and times.
4: Uh, Crossbones at four fifteen at Sweet Venues, and it's eight pounds a ticket, six pounds confe- uh, confessions. There's <laughs> an interesting <laughs> six pound concessions. Uh, and then I'm doing a free show at 7:30 at Sneaky Pete's, which is also a great place to hang out, by the way. 7:30 um, Sneaky Pete's, called 07800834030, or just or just give me a ring on that number.
1: Fantastic. I do think now that there should be a show if it is got some sort of sexual content that you pay your eight pound ticket. But if the audience like your confession, <laughs> then you get the ticket for free. <laughs> I, I, I quite like that idea. Uh, so um, thank you so much. Thank uh, you have for a fantastic me. fringe. Thank you and welcome back to the uh, cast iron theatre podcast recorded here at the sweet grass market at the edinburgh festival fringe and uh hello our uh, guest today hello oh, hello there uh, uh, you introduce yourself
5: uh, my name is ilona monroe and i'm from bright productions in Lochaber.
1: Uh, so, um, you were saying this isn't your first time at the Fringe well, as an individual.
5: It, mm, it feels like I'm a born-again newbie. Uh, yeah. I first came to the Fringe in 1994, but my last show at the Fringe was 2000, which is 17 years ago. Yeah. And things have changed a little. Well, what was your, what
1: was your first show?
5: <laughs> first show was called 1943 Classic B&W, and yeah. it was a black-and-white movie, everybody in grey, body paint Old and, and everything. Yeah. Uh, sort of pastiche of, um, well, 40s film noir yeah. and uh, Elon comedy and things like that
1: what's your favourite even comedy
5: oh I suppose good old lady killers Ah, lady killers
1: (laughs) Um, did did, did you really hate were you ambivalent or did you refuse to watch the remake
5: I didn't watch the remake however I've recently watched the remake of um, Whiskey Galore oh yes and I liked it. Yeah, it seemed it to get... It was nice. It seemed
1: to not get much traction in the audiences, but...
5: It, it had dreadful reviews, but hey, yeah. I can have sympathy with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, um, but it was a lovely wee film. Yeah, yeah. yeah nicely underplayed and just, yeah, smashing night yeah. out.
1: Excellent. Yeah. And, and so you, you were saying that you've not been at the Fringe for 17 years right. uh, so how has it changed since in the intervening time? Um,
5: well I suppose uh, we're now competing with 3,000 other shows yes. as opposed to 2,000 other shows yeah. that's a big difference um, I think uh, the change, you know when I came before the, the big slot to get was early evening yeah. and now you're encouraged to go during the day yeah. if you have a theatre piece and of course the other big thing I would say of course social media internet changes Absolutely. the game in yeah. lots of
1: ways good yeah. and bad yeah yeah uh yeah i guess and now evening is largely taken up with um uh, comedy yeah. so yeah the, the theater and, becomes and part huge of huge
5: comedians as well yeah big, yeah big tv
1: comedians and i guess that's it if you're a local or close to local that's quite a lovely thing to have well mate might be a lovely thing yeah. to have edinburgh packed out with uh, lots of all these big name comedians and and yeah. theater acts mm-hmm. that you would normally have to spend about you know talk 12, 15, 30
5: pounds or something. Yes, yeah. And, uh, you know, I I saw a fantastic show last week. um, Not at all. Well, it was comedy, but I watched Tutu. Yeah, Um, oh, yes. Oh, it's just my show of the fringe yeah. and to be able to see that for £12.50 yeah. I mean, hooray, it I was think. amazing
1: <laughs> um, what, what about your
0: show though?
5: My show is called The Recovery Version yeah, and it's set uh, in the Highlands at Hugmoney. it's a very Highland hearted show, it's about three generations of men in one family who come together Yeah, it's about the traditions of Hugmoney, but it's also about difficult family dynamics yeah. um, but how they still manage to stick together even if they can't always quite sort out their differences. And Amidst, amidst It All is um, a little bit about uh, music, uh, yeah. because Johnny McLeish, the, the grandfather and dad, used to have a band, and he had a hit in Scotland yeah. in the 80s, <laughs> and he's left it all behind, and what, what does that feel like for yeah. him? And we've also created um, brand new Songs yeah. which we hope sound like Hugmaney songs that have okay. been around for years and yeah. years. Yeah. Um, the Corries, I don't know if you're familiar with the Corries, big Scottish folk band from a long time ago. Okay. They were a huge inspiration for us. So, so it yeah.
1: sounds like, in this sort of sense of um, the generations of men speaking to one another in the uh, talking about Hugmaney, it actually seems that like, like with speaking about whisky galore, it sounds like it's got a bit of ealing DNA in there Well, yeah,
5: possibly, I guess so um, there's there's a bit of me gets a bit cross when the Highlands is all about whimsy yeah. and you know, and history and things when of course it's a very real modern place Yeah. but at the same time there are still A feeling of archetypes that still remain there are still men in the highlands who point blank refuse to learn to drive because lord knows that would stop them going to the pub (laughs) it still has a bit of that culture stuck in it You know, um, there are still men coming in off the hills, not just hill walkers with very expensive uh, climbing gear on. There are still men coming off the hills just going, "Ugh, that lamb, you know, what a time I had with it. You know, and you have all that going on while everybody else seems to work in a hotel.
1: Yeah.
5: It's, um, you know, there aren't a lot of good jobs around and that's very, very difficult. You know, it's difficult for people to find the money, to pay the bills. Uh, although housing is cheaper yeah. our costs for things like delivery, fruit, food, all these things petrol yeah. are more expensive and it's hard to to come away from any kind of minimum wage work and it does have an impact
1: And that, sort of, that sort of thing and again talking about the generations of men we were talking earlier uh, uh, Michelle and I were talking earlier that there's a, also talking about DNA of, of existing films, there's a bit of like a the discussion of what The For Monty talks about, the film The Four Monty, mm-hmm. I mean yes. with slightly less nudity um, <laughs> and definitely less temp Tom Jones I'm expecting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there is that sort of conversation to be had.
5: There is and, and I think, you know, when we've been talking to people on the streets, it's been very interesting when they go, hmm, it's an all-male show, is it? And the minute I say, well, it's written by women, they go, really? Yeah. Mm, why does a woman get to say about you know how they're feeling? Oh, well, I wrote it uh, <laughs> first and foremost as a mother. Yeah. Uh, before anything else, uh, and it's um, but th- it's quite interesting because there's so much about about whether it's LGBT or whether it's about women's rights. Yeah. And here's this wee show in the Highlands about men, yeah, and family relationships and what they don't say and yet they spend time together and what they do say and don't mean or do mean and I just I don't know I didn't set out to write about men I just kind of was a mum who felt I had a
1: wee something to say and it's a careful um, dance to be had isn't it in terms of uh, we are still tiptoeing our way about LGBT conversations uh, the place of women in society the fact that that phrase even exists the place Mm -hmm. of women in society and um, we have with some merit we 're training ourselves to think that men um, get eighty um, percent of dialogue in films and whatever, but films that are actually uh, or plays are actually discussing the male experience and how men inhabit each other 's space mm-hmm. when there are no women in place. Yeah. Um, the the women in your play are, are discussed yeah. and influence yes. the narrative, but are not seen. That's
5: right; they're never seen. Yeah. And we we even talked about should they be seen in photographs? Should we use projections? And yeah. in the end, we decided no. Only just only talked about. Yeah. Uh, we left them out of the picture in the end.
1: And so how how is it has it been? Did you have? Um preview performances back home?
5: We did, we had uh, three preview performances, we had the village of (laughs) Ballahoolish, we had the great town of Fort William and then we crossed the border to Argyll to do the the tiny village of Benderloch so it was a real (laughs) mini tour uh, around the highlands and uh, we we may do more in the future we'll see how things go Um, I have to put my hand on my heart and say although we had a fantastic uh, supportive audience in Ballahoolish, our first show was not our best no it really wasn't but Benderloch oh that was incredible yeah nine people yeah Uh, (laughs) we had to feed the meter to get the electricity to work
1: that's beautiful
5: yeah once we'd moved all the old boxes and things they had out the way uh, we had the most lovely old gentleman who couldn't hear a thing yeah. trundling up with a trolley going hello I'm here to set up your bar <laughs> you know talk about you know a Highland dealing comedy it was all there we had folk coming at their houses in their slippers with a cup of tea going something going on I said yeah we've got the show oh, we'll just go in and watch it will we <laughs> and if it, only it were that easy it was <laughs> just amazing and it was only nine people in the audience and yeah. it was probably one of the best performs we had they were nine extraordinary people who totally got the show yeah. and it was a wonderful experience and then we went off to Fort William to do the Ben Nevis Distillery yeah. which we've always wanted to do a show in and yeah. they've got some lovely new people working with them who were very <laughs> welcoming and supportive yeah. and that was that was great again but of course Loch Aber has no art centre, no. 2,000 square miles no art centre although there are fantastic community facilities for Fantastic communities in Lochaber, but it has a huge impact on theatre. And between, we won't go on and on about budget cuts and la de la, but the things like cutting small scale touring in the Highlands kind of really did for us. So we don't even have a cinema in 2000 square miles, though we do have things like the screen machine and communities running clubs. But it has a huge impact on people being able to see professional dance, professional theatre professional anything the community is alive well strong but but for professional we kind of lacking a bit of inspiration and you know can just do with a bit more quite it, frankly
1: absolutely it's that sort of thing of things that aren't seen to um produce a huge profit yes. back into uh, the world are not seen as important so they yep. often get the you know libraries for instance yes. uh, and where you know environments where, to coin a phrase, uh, the contents of your mind are considered more important than the contents of your wallets. (laughs) And... (laughs) Uh, we need to be careful about that, though. Yeah, we? Yeah,
5: absolutely. And, it, uh, you know, we talk about, oh, you know, it was a buzzword a while ago, wasn't it? Hard and soft indicators yeah. and, you know, qualitative and quantitative outcomes and all this kind of stuff. But the plain fact is people feel better for the arts. Yeah. Whether they watch it, whether they participate, whether they're around the fringes of it, people feel good. And when people feel good, it makes them more resilient and more he- uh, healthy. And that in itself is 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 worth so much. But having said that, I went to a fantastic um, seminar from I think it was the tourist board in Scotland, yeah. Um, Visit Scotland, yeah. And they gave us a brilliant seminar on what the arts actually do for the economy. Yeah. It even broke down things like. Um, B&B's, yeah. the trade the B&B's get. But it wasn't even talking about the B&B owners, it was talking about the amount they had to get in plumbers, painters, yeah. decorators to refresh the rooms every year that the visitors came to, yeah. to go and see other things. And who would have thought that a plumber could benefit yeah. from a theatre tour you yeah. know? <laughs> or a ballet show it, you know it's just I suppose just trying to get people to think a wee bit differently
1: yeah there's a mentality isn't there that the arts don't matter <coughs> until you've got the NHS sorted until you've yeah, got uh, the pavement yeah. sorted until no. you've got everything else sorted no. but we're not to be too depressed about it we're probably not going to be at a a point where we're in the black where everything is sorted that's not going to happen no
5: I don't think so but I think you know if cavemen were drawing little uh, pictures on a cave (laughs) then we need the arts you know why surely cavemen only had to go unga bunga me eat Yeah, but they didn't they felt the need to express themselves, yeah. and so do we now. It's, it's you know, um, man does not live by bread alone. Yeah. It, absolutely, we need these things. We can't just feed our faces. You've got to feed your wee heart as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah.
1: You, um, presumably you don't get a chance to say all of that when you're on the Royal Mile fly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs>
5: no.
1: So you, you, you've got another tactic to draw people's attention when flowing? We
5: do. We've got a couple of things. Uh, we've got a cheeky wee line where we're going, we're the only theatre company from Glencoe. And people go, what are you? And, uh, <laughs> if, they stop, if, if they stop to think about it, I don't know, how many folk are in Glencoe? 300? You know, the chances are there's yeah, not yeah. anybody else coming. Um, in fact, but it's actually <laughs> correct. Yeah. And they go, oh, I was, oh, it's a beautiful idiot. So that's one thing we've been doing. The other thing we've been doing is holding little mini-hug mini-parties. Yeah. We've been teaching the audience little bits of Gaelic. Yeah. Uh, we've been getting them to clap and join in some of our new songs, because yeah. the chorus is easy to learn. Um, we started off very tasteful, you know, going, yeah. oh, we're not doing that tartan nonsense and messy. Now no. going, right just get that Tammy on, yes, you know, yes. we've got to make an impact, yeah, yeah that's good, paint your face. Um, so, yeah, we've gone from, you know, sort of high standards for ourselves to, right, don't get on stage by them, you know, yes. it's uh, just to get attention, and then we move in with the flyers and yes. have engaged conversation. But the mini Hug Me parties have been working well, we've been handing out party poppers and streamers yeah. and... And it seems to go well. Yeah.
1: You know. And what sort of uh, vibe and feedback have you been getting from your audiences?
5: Our audience feedback's been lovely. Yeah. Actually, you know, um, it's nice once you get to a place as a, as a writer or a director to, to go. I'm I'm relatively happy with the show, now. Yeah. and people are giving you praise, and you know your show's no there, like that first night in Babelish. Yeah, yeah. Then you feel like no, no, don't praise me. No, yeah, yeah, sure. But um, feedback's been fantastic, Good. and and it's not <laughs> been my mum, which is fantastic. amazing. You know, and it's just lovely to read things from. No, I'd love to get feedback from my mum.
1: Oh damn! That's, that's a whole new <laughs> ever podcast Oh
5: really Oh I want to hear that <laughs> podcast um, Yeah It's it's lovely when people take the time Because it means so much to us If you don't get reviews Or you get bad reviews so, Then what do you have left You have your audience's experience yeah. Telling you what went right or wrong Yeah
1: yeah. Um, and are, are there other shows in the fringe That you're hoping to catch That you are uh, um, in- You've said to
5: Yeah well I'm intrigued to, There's a show And I don't know how to say its name it's a man in Tudor dress holding a crying baby. It's oh Tudor yes, Tudor dress.
1: Uh, Trig tri- V versus yes. baby. I'm
5: am in- intrigued by
1: that one. That's an extraordinary yeah. show. I saw it a couple of days back. Oh, did you? And it's an extra. Um, he is a very charismatic, engaging performer, and his father is also very good. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the baby is. It's just. Um, it's a brilliant show It's very engaging It's very life affirming mm-hmm. At least half the audience Will get very broody By the end of the hour um, And it's one of those shows That is very fringe Friendly Because uh, it's just a, Such a weird idea And it's pure virtue of the age or on the performers, mm. you know it's unrepeatable. Uh-huh.
5: Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I definitely think that's, that's yeah. next on my list. So that's
1: on the, uh, yeah, the Assembly Roxy at about uh, three o'clock, I think. Yeah. Um, anything else?
5: Uh, I, do you know what? I had visions of doing everything. You yeah. Know, so I promised my daughter i will take her to the call me swimming pool and the yeah. zoo. And it, it's just, you'll know yourselves. Yeah. By the time you flyer, by the time you do that, by the time you talk to audience, by the time you remember to eat um, and you go to media events and so on, you sort of go, wow, it's seven o'clock. Um, it's very yes, bizarre, isn't it? Uh, gosh, a show, you know, yeah. I've had friends who, who've been up helping and it's like, wow, we didn't even get out for that cocktail or no. <laughs> we never. Um, so I think uh, part of the thing will be to the things I've missed is to look where else they're on in the country yes. in the future. For make a three lovely times weekend. the price. Yes, for three times the price. Yeah, the Edinburgh yeah. Fringe
1: Day manages yeah. to get longer and yeah. shorter at the same time. Yes, it's it?
5: astonishing. It's yeah. just like there is only uphill in Edinburgh. There's yeah. no going down any yeah. stairs. I don't believe it exists. Like an MC Escher <laughs> painting. Um,
1: uh, Also, something that we uh, tend to ask, and I haven't really, we we sort of messaged before, but I haven't talked to you before, about um, any inventions or ideas you had as a kid that you didn't do anything with, and then somebody else has invented it and um, (laughs) got all your millions.
5: Well, I I was always very jealous of the trunky. Because I always thought a combination of being able to sit down, pack your goodies, and um, ride on something was a phenomenal <laughs> idea. So yeah. I was kind of gutted that somebody else invented Trunky. But even uh, the dragons missed that one.
1: I, I, I wasn't even previously
2: aware of I mean, Trunky. Trunky. So what, oh, I love Trunky. A, I'd
5: like to do a show on Trunky. So a, what, a suitcase it's you It's like on? a little children's suitcase with yeah. beautiful colours and yeah. little funny faces on them. Yeah. And when you open it up, it has like little pockets. Keep all yeah. your lovely stuff in. It'll obviously fit into handling luggage so that keeps you amused but also it's got wheels in it so you can ride around the airport you can sit when you're tired you can pull it along and play with it and even at this age i I really really want (laughs) one i think i might invent adult trunkies
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and the other question that we often ask is um uh, is there somewhere in Edinburgh that you've found that you, when you are getting your cocktails or your, your, your actual food or a coffee, yeah. uh, do you like to hang out anywhere? Is there a place that you enjoy?
5: Well, do you know, there are a few places. Um There there are some stone steps just off the Royal Mile, which normally have a certain class of gentlemen who like to frequent them. And I love sitting there. Obviously, at fringe time, their space is invaded by uh, sword jugglers and fire eaters. But I had a wonderful experience the other day just sitting on a step all by myself, Hmm. uh, with hundreds of other folk. Yes, of course. I was going to say, hang on. No, surely not. (laughs) And these two guys are going here pet you got the time you know you got the time yeah. So, yeah, it's five. i tell you it was five i tell you she's got her tin of gin and tonic i tell you you could it was all right you drink here and you know we just sat <laughs> together and drank and it was uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was lovely <laughs> it was uh, so i'm very partial to those stone steps yeah uh, they're kind of manky covered in fag butts but hey that's the fringe yeah. <laughs>
1: Fantastic. Well, uh, let's give a, a shout out to the name of your show, it's, the location of your show and the time of your show. Uh,
5: we are Bright Productions, bringing you the recovery version, which is on at Venue 18, Sweetgrass Market, every day at 20 to 2 until the 20th of August.
1: Fantastic. Thank you. Have a great rest of Fringe. Thank you for so much.
5: And thank you so much for your time. Thank you.
1: Thank you. This has
0: been the Cast Iron Theatre Podcast. Presented by Andrew Allen. And edited by Michelle Donkin. Music is Chapstick by Everett Armand. Find
1: us on Twitter, cast underscore iron acts. On Facebook, ironclad cast iron, or one word. Our website is castironbrighton.weebly.com.
0: Subscribe to us and rate us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Thanks
1: for listening. Excellent. Well, uh, that's a pretty much excellent all that we have got time for. <coughs> that's an excellent, that's
3: an excellent yeah. all we've got a,
1: time an excellent for. All. That was an excellent all we've got time for. Fantastic. So that's pretty much excellently. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast will never end. I, I really can't won't. believe
3: we broke you so quickly. This
1: is... uh, uh, <laughs>